ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm your host, Stephen G. Gaxiola, and you are listening to the Raider and the Saint podcast. difficulty one of our lights just fell down uh that's funny huh we just i just hit record and that shit happens but hey man in the podcast world things happen dude uh, <laughs> it's all right we're getting the, the light yeah, back yeah. up i got my my uh good friend over here david helping me out my assistant who's going to be starting his own podcast soon uh watch the the, the lower panel see how it's all at the the tripod on the bottom yeah it's, it's not wide enough i think yeah there you go yeah, dude, go figure, huh? Yeah, That's it happens, happened. folks. It happens when you when you go live. The things seem to happen, but when you just record, you, it's just dead quiet. Uh, probably lower it a bit. Lower it a bit. Get, get the stance. Yeah, sorry about that. What's going on, folks? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. This is episode 132. I am your host, Stephen Gaxiola, man. I'm going on my fourth year podcasting, man, and let me tell you, it has been a journey. It has been an amazing journey. It, it, let me tell you, man, you want to do some, go be a podcaster and put that effort into it. And, I, and I'm so, so excited. I, I took last I didn't take last week off. I've been doing a podcast faithfully every week for the past three years. And, you know, you if you listen to this show and you've, you've tuned in to this show and you've listened to all my podcasts, you know what I've been through. I'm going to sit here and tell you everything that I've been through. And I'm not going to go over everything I've been through. If, if you're a new listener Go back and listen to my old episodes. Everyone that comes at me and I talk with them, they start from the beginning and they always come to me after they've listened to maybe 70 episodes. And I said, man, I can see that you getting better. I can see you, you know, coming out and you're just doing it. And it's so inspiring. And I says, yeah, man, that that's the way things are in life. You, you, you got to start from somewhere from scratch and work your way up. Nowadays, people just expect, you know, kids expect everything just to be handed to them. And how I was raised and how my parents were raised and how their parents were raised is you got to work for things. And this podcast, we're, work, we're working, working towards things. And I don't know what I'm working towards, but, you know, I want to help people. I want to get people informed. I want to be there for people. And so this podcast is, has grown tremendously, and I'm really excited uh, where we're heading. So, yeah, we're on IG Live. And the people that are tuning in, thank you guys so much. I appreciate your support. And for the people that are going to be listening in um, audio on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and then later on on IG, you can view it. Thank you guys for your support. It means a lot to me. 
This episode is 132. Today's date is October 23rd. The year is 2022. We're eight days out from Halloween. I don't know about you. I, I, I grew up not celebrating Halloween. I, I grew up in a, uh, in a Christian household where we, we didn't celebrate stuff like that. Uh, you know, but for the other people that, that, you know, one person told me they said they look forward to Halloween because it's the only time they get to dress like a whore and get away with it. So, <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's that time of year, I guess, you know, uh, uh, info on this podcast. If you guys want to be a sponsor, advertiser or you want to be a guest, you guys can get a hold of me at the Raider and a Saint at Outlook.com. That's the Raider and a Saint at Outlook.com. A couple shout outs. Shout out to my my primos. Uh, who own pawn shops out there in uh, Azusa, California, in Baldwin Park. Uh, hit them up, Wimpy's Pawn Shop. They're lo- located in Azusa, California. Also, Main Pawn Shop in Baldwin Park. Hit them up. They're my primos. Uh, a lot of my equipment I got here, I got from them. Uh, they really take care of you. Just let them know. The Raider and the Saint guy sent me, sent me and uh, they'll take care of you guys. I'm going to also give a shout-out to my past guest, Antonio Lopez, who was a shop steward from eight from eight from eight four eight to nine four two. It was an honor to get to know you, brother. Thank you so much. I mean, you guys don't even know about Antonio Lopez. He drove an hour and a half to come to the show, and he drove an hour and a half to be here. And it, it was amazing to get to meet someone that was part of my local that wasn't a UPS driver. And so on this podcast, we're going to be looking towards getting other nine five two members, not just UPSers, but from OCTA, CVS, Albertsons, uh, what else we got, Jose? GKN, Bimbo. Uh, we're, we're, we're opening up. We're opening up the spots, and, and it's amazing just to meet new people and to get them to come on and tell C-force. their experience of, of how, how things are going at their in their life and their their work experience and also union, what's going on with union. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this year. We got a big contract coming up for UPS, so we're going to be focusing on that. But – Bringing in my guest today, he's a returning guest. Uh, we, we ever since he came on the show, we, we've been connecting and talking about what's going on with with the union, the local, everything. He's got a lot to say today. Welcome back, Jose Negrete. Welcome, my friend. How are yeah, you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Well, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? What what what's the what's the latest info? Uh, if we're, if we're talking about our, our yeah. Local? Let's go. We'll start with our local. And our local, of course, we have a. We just had an election. We had an election. Uh, Members first late one in a landslide. It was a, it was an ass whooping. It was an ass whooping. You, when you get your ass whooped that bad, there's things you have to take away from from that defeat. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that I learned. I mean, I wasn't in the race, but I was supporting Michael Raziano. There's a lot of things that I learned that down the road, you know, I could use it if I decide to run, or I'll give that information to. Uh, another uh set of individuals that mm-hmm. decide to put up a, a slate together and run but you know the members first slate did a good job they they showed they showed they had a, a great ground game that ground game is it's gonna be one to overcome you know they increased their votes by i think 180 so they expanded their base but I mean, they they did what they needed to do. They saw the delegate. They expanded their votes by 180 votes. Yeah. How much did they get the last time? What did they get now? 14 something. Yeah. Uh, I think last time was uh 114. 
and this one was 115 something i have to look at my photos i have the <laughs> I have the results from the previous year mm-hmm. so for the first time in uh 20 was that 2019 yeah 2019 they got 1273 and this time around they got uh 14 or 15 so they hmm. expanded their base by like around 180. But then, well, how much did Grant get that last time he lost? Because he lost by 161 votes. A thousand something. Uh, eleven hundred. So we, so the solidarity slate, they lost votes. Yes. By how much? About four or five hundred. Yeah, like a, like around four. They they between why, three what, three fifty to four around there. I think I think around three fifty. Why didn't? Then where do the votes go? Either those votes. So we had more people vote in 2019 than now. Hold on. I mean, Uh, I mean, you know what I mean. That that this, I'm sort of. I thought. I thought they. 2377 in 2019. I have to look at the numbers real quick. 2317 and 2180. This past time. Yeah. So less people voted. Yeah. Is that because a lot of older people retired and we got a lot of young kids in and out and really care i don't i mean i'm trying i've been trying maybe, to figure out for the past couple of weeks like look like, there's apathy in 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 both camps the younger younger cats are coming up and the older established uh veterans that you know they have what they got they they're good with the, what they got and they're like does this election really affect my outcome does it really affect my my uh standard of living and they probably said, ah, you know what? It, it doesn't. So why am I? Why am I going to vote? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just apathy from, from all around. Mm-hmm. You know, like what seventy percent of the mem- around seventy percent of the membership didn't vote. That's that's, and that's there's a lot of enge- there's a lot of engagement that needs to be done. But it's always been like that. It's always been national too. I mean, no one really cares. Because sometimes people don't believe in the system or. Or they're just too apathetic. It's just there's a lot of variables that you have to you have to account. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you still have to go out there. You still have to campaign. If you get a couple votes, cool. If you don't, it's the way the the the, the game works. But you, I mean, you still got it. I mean, Eric showed you 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 do the work. You know, mm-hmm. the results will come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he he did the work. They they did the work. Yeah, yeah, people, people, you know, they they wanted them in and they they voted them in and congrats to you, man. Yeah, yeah, that that was a, a big as much ass as ever, as much as it pained me. On oh, oh God, did it pain me that Friday night? Oh man. Well, yeah, every, every I was I was shell shocked. I was just dumbfounded. I was just dis dismayed. I, I yeah, it was in it wasn't good. It wasn't a good feeling. Because, you know, being there, watching the results, hearing the results, and you're just stuck in that moment. You're just like, you know, coming from the the losing perspective. The, yeah. winning, the winning perspective, they're like, you know, we did the work. We knew we were going to take it. And I remember at that, at that day, uh, John Green, the president, was talking to somebody from OCTA. Yeah, she had, I think she's a, a bus operator. Mm-hmm. She had her clothes on, whatnot, and she asked him, like, "How do you guys feel?" And he's like, "We feel confident." I was like, "Oh, snaps!" 
that kind of gave me an. Uh, I also quick, heard. Quick I also move. heard somebody told me. I won't say who it was, but they they said that from what they heard is that they thought they were going to lose. Also, I mean, it's an election. <laughs> you have to some days you think you're confident you're going to win. Other days you just, you know, you double guess and you're like, am I re are we really putting in the work to win? You know, and at the end of the day, the members first leg got the results they wanted. And, you know, congrats. They did the work. Mm -hmm. You have to do the work. Now you got to continue to do the work. Yeah, uh, but as membership, as members, you have to stay involved in any capacity you can. If it's you know going on the Facebook page and seeing what the locals doing, mm -hmm. or talking to other members and seeing what's what's happening with them, you just you just have to stay involved in. And engagement is just not uh, a one-time conversation. Engagement's like every day. You have to engage to see how the members are doing, what concerns they might have, see how they're doing, what what's affecting them. Because as in labor, we just think of, you know, the contracts, the meat and potatoes, the pensions, the raises, disciplinary action, uh, language that protects us from disciplinary action or whatnot. But they don't think about... Uh, the outer outer perspective, the outer limits of labor in that over here in Orange County, there's no rent control, right? So you could live in a two bedroom apartment and they could charge you twenty four twenty four hundred. Mm -hmm. You know, twenty four hundred for a two bedroom apartment, one bath. You know as in labor you need to you you need to go to city council. Like while some of my members might be well off there's still a chunk that's not well off, you know, that, that can't afford 2400 mm -hmm. You know, some of us live beyond our means, and that's something that needs to be addressed, but that's a personal thing. Mm -hmm. As labor, we can't tell you, oh, you have to live within your means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like right now, we should, because in case we go on strike, you need to have something saved up. Mm -hmm. You know, so... You need to go to city council meetings and say, look, we need to have rent control. We need to have things that are, that protect the workers, mm -hmm. whether they're in whether they're in labor or not. They're still workers. We mm -hmm. still have to protect everybody. So there's other things that that affect labor mm -hmm. indirectly. And mm -hmm. one of them is rent control. Rent control is too damn high around this motherfucking place. Oh, that's fucking expensive. Dude. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. It's nuts. You have to have two jobs, sometimes three jobs. Mm -hmm. And how much time do you have for you your got You got to have family members move in. Actually, you know, it's 20 people living in a three, you know, two bedroom apartment. You know, what time do you get for yourself if you have three jobs? Mm -hmm. If you're working Monday through Friday, two jobs and you have a weekend job, how much mm -hmm. how much time do you have for yourself? You don't. You know, this this economy is rigged. It's it's not. It, it, how do we really benefit as labor? Like for example, do 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 you believe you're worth the forty dollars or something that you make an hour? Do you believe that is that monetary amount is reflective of your work? I think that what we do, what what we what we did during the pandemic. This is the one thing I had a conversation with Antonio. They were they were getting the hero pay. To deliver alcohol, 
Not saying not, no disrespect to what he does, dude. I, I drink, so you know, thank you, you know, for for your services. But UPS drivers, people who lost their lives, going back once again. You guys listen to the show, going back to losing my brother who was a UPS driver. He went into work every day, knowing that he can get COVID at any moment to deliver people's bullshit or some essentials or some medicines. But we went out there every day and we sacrificed. I even got COVID when I was at work and and I got it bad. And there's still I still have ailments from it, but no one's talking about that. No one's talking about the UPS driver. We didn't get no hero pay. We don't we didn't get anything. And I lost my brother who was a UPS driver. Nobody in UPS got a, a hero pay. No one did. Nobody. But how many drivers did we lose working in the hub or, or going or being a driver getting forced in? Because if you called in sick, if you they said if you're sick, sick, stay home. You, you're sick and you stay home. The next thing you know, you're getting written up because you called out so many days. And and, and when you're you got an ailment. You wake up and go, oh, man, I don't feel good. Do I got COVID? Fuck, I'm just going to stay home. I'm scared. People are fucking scared. Okay? And you, you stay home. You're sick. You think you're sick. And then you, then you go to work. And then you work a couple days and you feel you're sick again. You're like, oh, shit, what's going on? And you keep doing that pattern because people, not everyone's the same. Next you know, you're getting in the office, getting written up by someone like me who had to deal with shit like that. You know, who, who who was like, I think I'm sick. I think I got COVID. I don't know. And you stay home. And then the next thing they're calling the office, we're going to write you up. Because like, what well, says if you're sick, stay home. Yep. Now you want to try to fucking fire me? What am I doing this for? So that the fucking CEO could get a fucking $25 million <laughs> bonus at the end of the fucking quarter? I mean, this is bullshit, dude. So and you're, it, t- you're, you're saying that the monetary amount that you get paid is not reflect of the labor that you do and no. it's not reflective of the labor that anyone does in ups whether it's a loader unloader sorter picker uh preloader whatever it may be hazmat uh psc overgoods uh clerks hopefully we'll still have some clerks word is that clerks are going to get you know get done that position is going to get done with but yeah we don't as labor the minute the monetary value that's attached to us is not reflective of our work. Well, if it's you really looked close. at, if you really look at the numbers, though, hourly, you know, we get paid this much. But then you also got to look at that we got full benefits. We got a we got money going to our pension every hour, you know, and and technically we don't make that forty something an hour. We we make yeah we, we make say, more. Oh, you make like a hundred dollars an hour. Oh, how much more you want? How much more we want <laughs> when the co- when the corporation? Here's a pet peeve I have. Everybody needs to stop calling UPS a company. It's not a company no more. It stopped being a company when the initial IPO of UPS went from public to private. I mean, private to public. Mm. It stopped being a, co- uh, a company and it started becoming a corporation. Now it's a full throttle corporation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, 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 it's just a, it's a corporation. But when the corporation spends $500 million on buy- buyback stocks, and in twenty in twenty twenty, in the second to third quarter, they're paying pennies, pennies for petroleum uh, barrels of petroleum. Yeah, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. Do you know if, how long that they, contract they, was written? 
For what? Like when they went to buy the petroleum, how, how long was the contract? Well, it was. was I I don't know. It, it was, was like a hundred year contract or something crazy like that. I don't know. You, I don't know what uh what agreement they made with. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't know if it's OPEC. I uh, it could be. I don't. I don't think so. I have to look into it. But going back to the pension and the health and welfare, I mean, fuck all that. That so what? We deserve all that. We especially during COVID, we deserved all that. So just because you you pay a hundred bucks, it don't mean shit. We still don't make enough. Carol Tomei makes more in an hour than we probably will make in a month. And I'm talking about drivers. I'm not talking about part timers. Part timers forget about it. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's those 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 little oh, the, but you guys make more because of of the health and welfare, and you guys make more because of the pension contributions. So what? We deserve it. Shit. How many surgeries have you had? How many surgeries have, have your brothers and sisters had? How many injuries have they had? I, we have a bulk driver basically has like a cyst busting out of his wrist. You know what I mean? It, they, the, we need to stop with all that. Oh, they give us this. They give no, So what? We fucking deserve it. We, we, des- we, we deserve more. Mm-hmm. We deserve more. We deserve an equitable, dignified, and livable contract. Do you think we're gonna get it in this contract? Uh, that's. Do you <laughs> think the guys that are in charge right now? IBT. IBT. Yeah. You think they're gonna get it done? Because this, isn't this a year where our our pensions up? Well, to, it's up to be renegotiated. There's the yeah. There's a I think a memorandum of understanding that talks about the pension. And they could the company could pull out if they if they if they choose, but. That's so they can co- so they can pull out then I, without negotiating. I have I don't have the contract with me, mm-hmm. but I think that still needs will be negotiated and it will be what Sean O'Brien, the general president, said. That's a strikeable issue, pulling out of the pension. But when your pension is at one hundred eight fully funded, that's what Chuck Mack said when he came down to our local nine five two. They were 100%. Well, 108 fully funded with zero liabilities. Yeah, that's a Western Conference. Yeah, right? Western Conference Teamster Pension Fund. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully not because there's a lot of a lot of veterans are still, you know, con- getting contributions from it, mm-hmm. you know, monetary. But, yeah, if the, if the company decides that, you know what? Same like in 97 when they wanted to get rid of the pension. No, if you're going to get rid of the pension, then guess what? You're going to feel it. And we're going to hit those streets, and you're going to feel it. It's like if you compare the 97 strike or the 97 contract to this contract and the issues that pertain to both, it's still the same. Back then, it was part-time America uh, doesn't work. Guess what? Part-time America still doesn't work. It's failed. The Mm -hmm. corporation hasn't created full-time jobs inside or combo they just don't they just want to say oh your only path for full-time is to go driving why should that be our only path there's things that you could do i see trailers with with pallets you know i think there's a combo job but maybe you could create two maybe that maybe that those are two the, those those uh getting pallets out of uh, the trailers out of the empty trailers maybe it's too much for one individual maybe it takes two Maybe it takes three. You know, so we we have to fight like they did in 97 f- 
to for the creation of more full-time jobs either inside or combo we have to because the the only path for full-time shouldn't be driving because then you just let the company you you let the company off the hook because they they're not they're not going to create anything because there's no need to create anything so i know you're good you're good you're good over here as a part-timer yet when you're working 30, 35, sometimes 40 hours as a part-timer. Are you really a part-timer? Mm -hmm. You're not. But because of, another thing is, because of classification, they're not going to view your, view you, the the labor that you're doing for, for the corporation as a full-time. They're just going to keep you as a part-timer, and that's the way it is because of classification. When we did our last contract in UPS, they, they had an agreement that they needed to create so many jobs. And they had so many years to do it, right? Five years, you needed to create these many full-time jobs. Did you Do you know if we, we if UPS made that mark? Well, with the creation of the 22 fours, I would say probably, yeah. Because mm. there's, you What see do you think about the 22 fours? Is that going to be in the, it, they're, one of the things, this is it one of the things that the Osley said that they were going to, change that 224 and, and even the even the member slate right i don't want to i want to make sure okay i'm not saying they did but that isn't the 224 they they were gonna change that during this contract they were gonna they reverse it and, and and do things to to eliminate the 224 because they didn't like it well 224 that's going to have that's going to be a national thing that's mm -hmm. going to be negotiated so it hasn't been Sean nationally Excuse me? 224 isn't nationally. It's national. Oh, it is. Okay. So it's national. So Sean O'Brien, the general president, and Fred Zuckerman, secretary treasurer, they're going to sit on the negotiating committee. They're going to be the chairs for the national committee. So they're going to bring that up. Now, my opinions on 224s, they do the same job as a regular package car driver, mm -hmm. paid less. So you're you're creating a two-tier system. It's funny. In 2018, Part-timers used to have a two-tier system. So if you did anything that had a skill to it, sorting, picking off, splitting, uh, I don't know what else. Uh, I think uh, hazmat, uh, I think PSE overgoods, but I'm not sure. You would get a dollar more. 2018 comes, they got rid of that part. They got rid of that two-tier system. Mm -hmm. But they implemented here another two-tier system with the drivers. So I think all those, uh, I think, 22 fours should be converted to regular package car drivers. But if there's 22 fours that don't want to go into package because one, you know, they, they got, they got a taste of driving. They're like, well, this is a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Then they, sh they should have an option to go back inside the hub. You know, there's that their seniority dovetail and they they'll, they'll bump out the least senior uh, member from whatever area. I thought it was 22 four was going to be something where, Someone works in the hub in the morning, and then they'll take like a half day route out. Do you trust the corporation? Do you trust UPS? Oh fuck no, dude. Okay, then. shit, dude. <laughs> Answered the question yeah. right there. You you can't trust these individuals. You know they're just they'll tell you one thing, and they're gonna do the a complete opposite. Well, I know they're hiring. I've I've had a couple ride-alongs, and people talking to me, and and some of these young kids that they're they're training, they're driving. Uh, training and then like they're they're coming out and they're young in their twenties and they're 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 saying that they're making a hundred grand a year, dude. Good for them. They deserve it. 
they deserve it you know but i think those tw- those 22 fours need to be converted into regular uh, in regular package no no not 22 fours management wait what management's making 100 yeah <laughs> young kids in their 20s they 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 bought they bought into the Kool-Aid they bought I into the Kool-Aid back then i remember back then they were they weren't even making that much money now they're they're, they're throwing it. I was like, what? They make that much money? They're like, yeah. Well, I know there was a lawsuit, but the, there was a lawsuit in San Diego, but it pertained to part-time supervisors saying that they can't work over 28 hours. Mm-hmm. Some of them were working, you know, <laughs> same like a part-time, working 30, 35, 40 hours and just getting, you know. But they were just getting paid part-time. They weren't getting paid, you know, the mm-hmm. full-time rate until that lawsuit happened. I don't know how many years ago, 15 years ago, maybe mm-hmm. probably a little bit more than that. And, uh, yeah, they won. So what do you think about the app, that app that, that they created and were able to go on it and it's a do working a survey. It, it's a work in progress. I think, I think it's a great idea. It is too. But I mean, they're, they're trying to work out the kinks, mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, I don't know if there's any kinks every time I've gone on there, it's ha- there hasn't been any kinks. It's been good to me, but you could tell, you know, their diabetes is they're embracing technology and the power of technology, whether it be a platform like this, uh, social media, TikTok, because it's part of social media, an app. You know, they're they're embracing technology, which is good. Mm. Sometimes you can't have a one on one conversation because just the numbers are too great. Mm-hmm. But if you have a platform like this, uh, an Instagram Live, a TikTok, a Facebook Live, YouTube channel, you could get to a little I bit like more. I like it. You, I like it a lot. You, you could get to more people. You know, I mean, you, uh, I'd rather have a one-on-one conversation because you could look at them. You could read their body language. And, you know, you just take a back and forth. Mm-hmm. But, hey, if this, this tool is out here for us to use, why not fucking use it? Mm-hmm. Fucking caveman created a fucking wheel. Mm-hmm. Shit, let's mm-hmm. use these tools. Let's go out there and get the message across so people could, you know, get engaged and start, like, maybe firing off some neurons and be like, oh, shit, I didn't yeah. think of that. Yeah, well, saying that, man, listen, folks, we're, we're, we're going to do our first. Th- we just did our first 30 minutes on Instagram Live. We're going to continue on without Instagram Live. If you guys want to tune in to the rest of the episode, you could tune in to uh, – the SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts. Sorry, I'm, I, my mind's going a million miles an hour. And <laughs> Spotify, okay? So uh, thank you guys that are going to tune in. Watch this on Instagram. But if you want to listen to the rest of the podcast, tune in to Spotify or SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. All right? For the listeners that are going to be tuning in on audio, I'll be back in a second. All right? Peace. And we are back, folks. Took a quick break. We got off of uh, IG Live. Just took a took a quick pee break, <laughs> so we were back. Uh, we were recently talking about uh, labor nine five two and our contract. This next segment, we're gonna talk about what recently happened with uh, local three nine six and their secretary treasurer who just retired, uh, Ron Herrera. And this is a very, very touchy subject for me. Personally, because I, I've known the guy for many years, I, I've spoken with him. I, I have his personal phone number, and he was 
when he was campaigning for the IBT international election, he was supposed to come on the show and a lot of things happened. He, he didn't make it. So when this happened, it just blew my mind. And I've been quiet for the last couple of weeks, just getting information and I haven't really, I'm not even going to try to reach out or anything. It's just it, everything that's happened. It, it's been a really big blow to 396. I know I, I have a, a couple friends over there, a really good friend. I haven't really spoken to him about it either. You know, I think they're just letting the smoke settle and, and try to clear things up. But we're going to talk about that now. And, you know, what, what do you think, Jose? Well, you know, let's let's start with you, man. Let's let's start from the beginning. Give us your side of what you've been hearing, because if you guys don't know Jose or Francisco Nagrete over here, he, uh, you know, he talks to a lot of different uh, locals. He's he's talks to a lot of people. He's out there. He's out there. He goes he goes to uh, rallies, and he's always involved. He was just on the show, uh, what the heck show. He's on that periodically, and so he he has a lot of information. He talks to a lot of people, not just our locals. So that's why I wanted you to come on. You know, you, you you're neutral in this. You know, you just get information, and you know what's going on, dude. You know, it's it's been on the news. It has. It, it's it's been it's been a big issue, and it, and it kind of the smoke kind of settled a bit, but I know it's gonna pick up again. What's going on, man? What do you what do you feel? What I feel about it is that I'm just going to call him racist wrong. I feel his lust for power and the consolidation of power. Well, because the last time you were here, you were mad that he was getting four pensions. Well, I wasn't mad. It's a, there's a disconnect. There's a, when you're making that much money and you have that much pensions and you're supposed to represent labor, and it's not for him. There's a lot of there's a lot of cats like that. There's a lot of bad apples like that. You know that get this ex extraordinary amount of of uh, salary, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, whatever it may be. You know it's just it's just way it's way too high, and it's not just Ron. You know, there's there's a lot of individuals out there like that, but racist Ron and his lust for power and the consolidation of power did him did him in. You know, it, it you it, he pitted black working class families against brown working class families, and you just you as labor you you you, you can't do that. It goes against the principles of labor. You can't be you can't be pitting one set of working class people with another set of working class people. You know, and that's that. And he got what he deserved. I mean, you don't you don't talk that game. You know, he's he's this <laughs> he disgraced not just local nine three six, disgraced uh, L L A, and he disgraced the Teamsters as well. You know, he was a he he was an individual that had. A, Enorm, enormous uh, pull within within the Teamsters. He was an international officer. He sat on the executive board of the Joint Council Forty Two, the largest Joint Council of the United States. You know, it, what what more can you know? 
And as labor, we have to denounce that, that, that kind of mentality and we have to denounce racism at all forms. And not just racism, but sexism too. You have to denounce all that. You, you, if we don't, we just fall into the traps of a corrupted, of a corrupted organization. And then how would anybody want to even go to the Teamsters? You know, how did anybody want to go to the L.A. Fed when you have individuals like that? And you have individuals that probably knew that he was like that. And your silence was complicit in, in his actions. I'm not saying all those individuals are bad apples, but, you know, he's going to bring a lot of people down. And it's just Nudie Martinez, Gil Cidillo, Kevin De Leon, the uh, Nuri Martinez being the president of uh, L.A. City Council, former L.A. Fel former president of L.A. City Council, former council member. And you have uh, Gil Cedillo, who's on a, who he lost. He lost in an election. I, f I don't know the candidate's name. I forget. I, I don't know her name. Sorry to her. He's on a he's he's not going to be around in 2023. He's gone. Who hasn't stepped down yet? Somebody has a step. Kevin down. De Leon is the only one that hasn't stepped down. Well, Gil, Gil Cedillo. Hasn't stepped down, but... So there's four of them. There's three. No, Nuri Martinez, she stepped down okay. from everything, from her presidency of the city council and to, from her chair. Uh, Gil Cedillo hasn't stepped down, but he lost his election. So either way, he's going to go down. But he's just, wa he's just waiting it out. But the only one that needs, that hasn't resigned and and it still has a seat is... Uh, Kevin De Leon, and that's where most of the anger is uh, towards to is like, you participated in this. You didn't say nothing by by some by your actions, and especially when he talks about there's 25 black people, there's there's 25 there's 2,500 black people, but when you pull a curtain like the Wizard of Oz, there's only 25 people, but those 25 people make it sound like there's 25,000 2,500 mm -hmm. or 25,000. I forget what he said. Mm. He needs to. He hasn't even taken responsibility. Uh, he has, but if you were going to take responsibility, you'll step down for your actions mm -hmm. and for your racism that has hurt the city of LA. You know, so what racist Ron did. The yeah, the epicenter is LA. The epicenter is three nine six. The epicenter is LA Fed. But same like an earthquake. Earthquake doesn't doesn't just stop stop start and stop at the epicenter. Mm -hmm. It grows, and this and this this just scandal this this scandal is gonna. I think it. If what the reports are true, and there's thousands of tapes, then thousands of tapes. There's thousands of recordings that yes, some other people are gonna be brought down. But those Damn. they've only released two tapes. The first the first one that came out. On uh, October 9th, uh, L.A. Union Laundry was the first ones to have them. And then Knockout L.A. released the, the conversations. Do you know who released the tapes? Do Not, we know? Like who recorded them? Nobody yeah. knows. It just knows it was it was on a re an, uh, on anonymous Reddit account. And then L.A. Union Laundry, a, a, a Twitter account, had those tapes. And then so knockout the LA whoever, released them. So whoever was re recording these privately, secretly, had to be trusted. Could it, 
I mean, just that this is really big, dude. How to be trusted, and the fact that this person has had over a thousand recordings. Somebody, you know, some, what, some, what, some. what was it? What was his or her agenda? It, what, what, an what individual, was the an individual has them, or an organization has them. Mm. So we don't, we 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 don't know. Like, there's been reports stating that. Well, someone on Twitter said that the LA Fed that their comps are so bad that you could be in one room, but you could listen to the conversation on the other room. I don't know how the intercoms work or anything like mm-hmm. that, but that's that's been said. So, I mean, nobody's going to know. And to me, they should keep that whistleblower anonymous if it's an individual. If it's an organization, we need to hear those tapes. We need to hear who else had this lust for power like Ron or who else part not participated in his racism, but just stood in the sidelines and didn't do nothing. We got a clean house, man. Not just yes, here. Everywhere. Everywhere. There's a lot of there's Nancy a lot. Nancy Pelosi's been in there for so long. She looks like a <laughs> goddamn skeleton. She's she's a culprit. Like, come she's, on, she's a dude. Cul- she's a cul- And she still keeps winning those votes. She's a culprit because she's a corporate Democrat. Everybody gets paid off. The greed, yeah. the greed and, and everything that's been going on. Because as you get older you start getting involved in politics, right? Yeah. That's a lot of a lot of people my age too. They said I, I I didn't start worrying about things until I got in my forties, and seeing what's going on now, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. But even back in the days, like we got a clean house, dude, and you know I want to say kudos to that guy, but it's also too it's we all have that those backyard conversations and we say things that we don't mean, and but I don't have that power. You know, I, I grew up in a neighborhood where it was it was black, whites, uh, Hispanics, Asian of different descents, Korean, Vietnamese. We had uh, Indian Indian homies, and we were all still homies to this day. Samoans, Tongans, and we would sit in the backyard and talk shit all day long. You know, you know, you stupid this, blah 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 blah. And but if anybody came in the neighborhood and said something. Racist to our, our friends, we we we'd, we'd fuck them up. But yeah, but that's that's just banter. You just guys are fucking around. Right? Yeah, this this ain't fucking around. This this is, and these are not just Republicans we're talking about. <laughs> we're not talking about. Are they? Re- well, yeah. They're what Democrats. are Democrats. They? They're Democrats. They're Democrats. And I was reading. And Democrats an are article. supposed. To, uh, Democrats are supposed to be. I was reading the friend of labor. Yeah, they're no allies of labor. I not re- these ones. Yeah. Not these pieces of garbage. I was reading in an article because LA Times. I forgot. I forgot the person's name. Actually, I, I was supposed to get him on my podcast a few whiles back, and we were supposed to do it on on Zoom, and uh, it, it didn't happen. It fell through. Uh, he he did an article about uh about Modern Day, and I just had somebody on my podcast whose daughter went to Modern Day, and they were talking about shit that was going on there. Oh, that and football he did scandal, an article. huh? That football scandal. Yeah. No. 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 It was uh. Or just stuff. how the teachers and and like how how they run the 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 school and everything and and she, she was on one of the episodes she was getting bullied and and they were going to the school and they weren't doing nothing about it oh, because yeah. the girl doing the bullying their their parents were wealthy and oh, same money. thing with the football program yeah so it was something like that but he wrote an article about it about the bullying and how they they priv- they take care of the people who donate more money and and so I was gonna get on the show but anyways I think it was him that wrote an article. Uh, recently, about 
I don't know if it was him, but one of the articles, I've been reading multiple articles. One of them was uh, somebody said that they were that this November 8th or 9th when we vote uh when we have our, our, our mid mid what is it midterm? Yes. That every, they're going to go even more extreme left because of what happened. But I, I don't I don't see that. What's well, that's the that's the opposite of this extreme left. It just it boggles my mind. We we had we had four years of a crypto Nazi who divided labor, who said, "Oh no, are you white, blue collar workers? No, you you, we need to protect you from these these others. These others were workers, you know. It this this extreme left. It's just it's stupid. It's just stu- it's, it's just stupid labeling." Mm-hmm. I didn't see no problem with the LA. Did the LA Times come out and denounce uh, all the fucked up shit that Donald Jar Trump did? You know, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, but I know the LA Times is curious about racist Ron's resignation from local three nine six. Because remember, he resigned on August thirty first. I heard he retired. I was told okay, he retired. retired, retired, resigned, whatever, yeah, whatever. Whatever he 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 vacated the the secretary ter- treasurer's position from local three nine six on August thirty first, just only a month away from what was going to be the bombshell that got dropped. You know, so, so was that a muscle move that you need to retire now? They're 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 trying to they're 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 very one one reporter is very curious from the LA Times very curious on why he stepped down. And if that has to do with this, with with those with that leaked uh, uh, conversation that the LA Fed offices, mm-hmm. they're very curious. They've, I think they, I think there is something there. But until you start unraveling things and connecting the pieces, you know, we'll we'll all find out. Eventually, we'll find out, right? Yeah, if he was being blackmailed. It it doesn't matter <laughs> the damage that that racist Ron created. But look at look it, at but if you look insane. if you look at what happened, look at Biden, right? Biden's in office. They got there's videos of him on YouTube saying the N word and and him being being racist, and he's our fucking president. We had a pre- we had a we had a president that was a crypto Nazi. No, I agree. <laughs> you know, I so, agree. You know, I agree. But yet they're still in fucking power. Yeah, that's why in two years you vote them out. You know what I mean? You you vote you vote you vote hit you vote them out. But when you're a teamster, those things hit personal to me as a teamster. It just hits personal because I I try to do my best to to help out as w- as much as I can or whatever I can in whatever capacity I can mm. to help out. And to have a to have a teamster come out and and have this racist ideology, you know, it it, it hurts. It's it stings, you know. And, and and the Labor Day parade that they had in Wilmington, I was there, and Ron and Ron was there, and me and one of the homies from three nine six, we we talked to Ron, you know, we're just telling him. You know, I see all the longshoremen here. 
I see all the carpenters here, carpenters from LA, carpenters from Orange County. I see the longshoremen, because, well, their backyard is right there in Wilmington. Their offices are that, you know, it's between like Wilmington and Long Beach, the border, I, I believe. But they, they had a strong presence there. Starbucks Workers United, they had a, a decent uh, showing there. The Teamsters only had, I think, maybe three locals there. 848, uh, and I, I just can't remember the other two because their, their tents were, were, you know, next to each other. But there's only three, three Teamster locals there at a Labor Day parade and picnic. And we were telling Ron, I was like, I don't know why joint, because joint council, I guess they sponsored it. Our joint council 42, that local 952 is a part of, local 396 is a part of, local 63 and other locals in Southern California and uh, Hawaii. I told Ron, I'm like, why isn't the joint council there? Why isn't there more Teamsters locals here, you know, at a Labor Day parade? I forget the he gave me he gave he gave me a good answer, you know, of the politics and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know. But and then I helped him uh, when he came down to our barn in Anaheim. I helped him get signatures to get on the ballot, you know, because you needed I forget how many signatures. So, you know, I was over there helping out, but that no I I had no idea of what kind of individual he was, you know. Later on, they told me, dude, you you know. I started hearing rumors, dude. Well, not rumors, but hearing from other members, especially from 396. Like, mm. dude, that guy is that guy is no good. That guy's corrupt. Blah blah blah, blah blah blah. So I'm like, okay, you know. Then Who I start. Run? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, here comes those tapes, and everybody that said that Ron Herrera was corrupt was proven right. Because in those tapes, he talks about moving funds around. And buying up uh, the second release of the audios when he's talking to Hannah Choi, which she is a former staffer of Mitchell Farrell. And Mitchell Farrell holds a, a city council seat, city council seat 13, mm -hmm. which I think it's like West L.A., West Hollywood around there. I think it's well, not West L.A., excuse me, West Hollywood, I believe. Uh, they're having a conversation and they're talking about buying up, uh, you know, these Demo these little Democratic clubs in L.A., to support their candidates, you know those that those that there's no autonomy. You do know, th do you think because solidarity supported the power slate, which Ron was a part of, do you think that affected our election? Because solidarity supported power slate. Remember when they had to go to the the national conference, and Jimenez wouldn't allow the solidarity slate to to participate in our in our local and so 396 opened the doors for solidarity to come in and, and participate in, in the do you think that might have a, an effect that maybe somehow 952 those the, the, the member slate or people in, in that knew that this sh shit was going down and maybe secretly were telling people or uh, you know, I'm, I'm just I throwing it out there because I'm just trying to still well, try to figure our, out. Our election happened. <laughs> our election happened. Well, the results of the vote count was October 7th. Yeah, I think uh, October 7th was was the count mm. that Friday night. 
the tapes don't get released until October 9th. That's the Sunday. Mm -hmm. Two days later. I don't think there's a connection, but maybe a lot of people, you know. They already knew. Well, not already knew, but we're very weary of, you know, the connections with Ron Herrera. And I know one person was was a lot was uh, sounding those bells when it came to to racist Ron. He called them other things, <laughs> mm-hmm. nickel nickel dime Ron. I think he calls them. Mm-hmm. But uh, that member was, you know, sounding the bells whether you like him or not. He was sounding the bells like, hey, you know, talking shit about <laughs> solidarity's co- solidarity slate's connection to Ron Herrera. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he was proved right by by racist Ron. You know, I don't think any. I don't think Solidarity knew. I know. I'm, I'm, racist, I'm not. I'm not, I mean, not thinking he knew. No, they they probably they didn't know. I'll I'll give them the benefit of doubt that they didn't know. But that individual knew what kind of what kind of piece of shit Ron Herrera was, and he him and there's a lot of a uh, there's a lot of them in three nine six. Especially you talk to those sanitation workers. They know the the torment that they that that racist Ron put on them. And a lot of them were ringing those bells, too. Now that I'm finding out more information, they're ringing those bells. And they were proven right. A lot of those three nine six members were proven right. You know, a lot of them were a lot of them were proven right after many years of just saying, dude, this guy's corrupt. This guy's running a dirty local, blah blah blah. He was proven right. He was. They were. You they think were he proven. was ra- so so because he was racist, he was running a dirty local. That's just that's just that's just one part of it. It's his corruption. If he if what I'm being told from three nine six guys, if he didn't like you, he'll send he'll send people over there to fuck with you, just to fuck with you. You know what 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 kind of shit is that? And I remember when I we I saw racist Ron at the uh, Labor Day parade. He was talking about, oh, I don't care if any anybody could run against me, you know. Yeah, he's getting a white ballot for a while. Yeah, he goes, I don't care if anybody gets runs against me. It doesn't matter, you know. That's a right, you know. I'm not going to disrespect a, uh, a member's right to run. Blah blah blah. And then you hear the stories of like, yeah, you probably didn't. You probably let people run. But you sure put a lot of uh, intimidation behind of it. You know, like, for example, uh, Local 63. Yeah. So Local 63, they're sanitation workers. Because I just saw an email that was did in 2018, I believe it was, that at, they were asking, they were asking for a steward election. They never got a steward election at that time. Maybe they did. Eventually, down the road, but at that time they didn't. And a member sent a sent an email to Ron asking racist Ron, "You need to follow the bylaws. We need to have any steward election. We we I don't know. I haven't talked to that member because I just saw the the letter that he he sent out. So it's, but it's not it, in the bylaws then, right? In their bylaws? Yeah. Well, I know ours in our bylaws. I guess it's not. In our bylaws, there's only a sentence about stewards, and that's it. There's no, 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 no language that talks about. And our locals always that, been that, that, about that integrity, and now it's 
There's oh. no yeah. There's no language that talks about stewards being elected. There's no there's no language about protecting so how, stewards. So how will we be able to change those bylaws? To we'll make it a bylaw. Well, go okay now. <laughs> Segwaying to our bylaws. Yeah, yeah. To to change our bylaws, there's only two ways. The executive board brings it up at a membership, and then the, at the following membership meeting, it gets voted on. Right. That's pretty simple. The second one is a petition. In the petition, you only need 10% of the general membership. And right now, this general membership sits around 9,000 9, something. So you only need 1,000 signatures. You know, you bring it up at a meeting, and then the next meeting, it gets voted on. That doesn't seem too hard. No, but I mean, it. it it takes it takes time. It takes time because you have to visit the well, barn. I think that's something we should start with because I I don't I don't like that uh, dictatorship and just putting everybody you in and that you want. Yeah, we but I had, mean, we just had another shop steward get fired and everybody's just getting pieces are getting placed in, and I'm about experience and I'm also for people that want to be a shop steward, but you can't just put someone in. In, in the fighter pilot seat without going to fighter pilot school. Well, there's no f there's no fighter pilot school when it comes to a steward. You know, you just it's your it's your desire to help. You know, it's it's your unwavering loyalty to the members and helping the members and knowing the contract. You can be a steward all you want, but if you don't know the contract, guess what? When you go into those rooms for a grievance. And you don't know your shit, you're gonna get run over. You know, like I didn't know my shit in the beginning, and I would get run over. And then you know they would talk to me, they would tell me, no, you gotta start reading the contract, blah blah blah. You know, so I read parts of it, not all of it. Now you know, you know, fast forward, you know, I don't know how many years later, <laughs> eight years later, you know, I, I know some, some of the, do I know all of it? No, do I know more than I did? Yes, I do. Do I know other things that could help us, like state law, federal law? Yeah, I do. But you, you see what's going on in our local, and you, you've you seen what happened to Ron. When there's too much power yep. that's a given to it an corrupts. individual, it, it, it tends to get corrupt. Money and power corrupts. Mm -hmm. Money, power corrupts. Then going back to, to the bylaws, why wasn't there language put in place earlier for protection of stewards and to to address the stewards i don't know you know i i don't blame the current administration there's nothing that talks about st stewards mm -hmm. so they and then all and then according to the bylaws the secretary treasurer makes all the decisions so if there's nothing in the bylaws then what's in the bylaws that gives the secretary treasurer power then they could implement what they want because there's nothing in the bylaws. Hmm. You know, you have to change. You have to. You have to amend the bylaws. You don't have. Don't change it. Because there's nothing to change. There's nothing. There's only one sentence when it con when it when it's concerning stewards. So there's only one sentence. So you don't. There's there's nothing to change. You have to amend it. Mm -hmm. We have to add on to it. We have to add on that every. Uh, every two years, there'll there'll be an election for a steward. And then the only way a steward could uh, be removed is through their resignation. Uh, file, uh, 
charges filed according to the bylaws or the IBT, like if they're if a steward's not writing grievances or the steward is just too much not not exerting themselves enough at the meetings and not protecting the members enough, then, you know, you bring up charges. Or they're doing things to sabotage the members, then you bring up charges. And in the end, the other way is a petition. You petition the steward to be, you petition for a new election, and then wherever the results are, the results are. But at least those are the only three ways a steward could be removed. You know, and then if there's an election, nobody from the administration or the staff could tear down the 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 uh, election notifi- uh, notice. Because I've heard in other locals that they'll put up an election uh, a notice and then they'll pull it down. You know, for what? You know, because people want to stay in that power. Because this this union is just uh, our dues. It's just unlimited money. And if there's no checks and balances, you're going to have some individuals that are running that go off the rails. I'm not saying this local 952 administration is running off the rails when it comes to that, but I, there's other there's uh, there's other locals that have you know, they get put in trusteeship or whatever they may be. So those those are that's my thing for a, for a steward. It is there needs to be language to protect the stewards. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why I said you know a lot, but <laughs> no, <laughs> about but there needs to be there needs to be language in there. There needs to be an amendment to it, because there's nothing to change. Because there's 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 no language. Hmm. Yeah, it just it's it seems like it's there's a lot of change going on with with our local a lot a lot of change of of stewardships and. I don't I don't know what the future holds. I don't know where we're heading. I just know that I want the best representation for me if I were to ever get in trouble. And I was thinking about that yesterday when I was at work and I said it it, it sucks. Wayne's gone and that that guy knew so much about the contract, about labor and he was just so knowledgeable and, and he also knew how to speak with with management. You don't know how to go in there and talk with them. And, and listen, people go, oh, he one of the things Bruno said on, on his uh, video that he sent before the election. Bruno said uh, Wayne Addison, he, he's in bed with management or he, he 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 works with management. Listen, man, this isn't the West Side story, dude. Where it's 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 you against the the other guy. It's you have to work with people. You can't come in and try to strong arm because you got nine five two patch on you, or you're a you're a BA or whatever. You can't go in there and, and tell the fucking dude, the management, hey, listen here, you piece of shit. You're gonna do this. You're gonna do that. That's not the way to talk to people. And from what I heard, that what has happened in the beginning. I don't know how it is now. But there's a certain way. There's there's a time where you gotta talk like that. And there's a time where you don't. But you gotta go in there and be a professional. You know, you gotta go in there and, and be a professional. Talk with them, and then 
you know, you got to build up to if you're going to get angry, you got to build up to it. You can't just come in guns blazing. And that's what I've learned from seeing different shop stewards. So, you know, Wayne, my, my, my friend Terry Diggs, who's a shop steward, became B.A. now for three, nine, six. Once uh, Ron stepped down and I've talked to him on the phone for so many years and asked him questions and, and how he would talk with people. And and it, he, he it's a certain skill that it takes time to build when it comes to being a shop steward. And so I'm seeing that change, but I'm also known that when if, if I were to ever get in trouble or whatever, something happens, a mistake, whatever, I know that I could protect myself because I I know my contract. I know my rights. You know, uh, the union, I think Terry said it. He said, uh, I feel like uh, one of my uh, one of my listeners uh, called me, told me it was funny. Because uh, Terry was on with Wayne Addison, one episode, episode one fifteen, yeah. and he said, uh, he goes, man, it's, it's it's crazy because I feel like I'm a a, a defense attorney when I walk in there, you know. I this guy, he def he definitely did something fucking shady, but I gotta go in there and defend him. And I was thinking about that. I says, okay, I says, well, shit, as long as I stay out of trouble. And just come in, do your job, do whatever they ask. You're never going to need union representation. But it's there because let's let's not lie here. There's a bunch of pieces of shit that are drivers or people that work in the hub that are just pieces of shit. And they need they need the union. They need someone to back them up. And I've seen so many drivers come and just keep their job and hear the stories about certain guys oh he was doing this to the fedex lady he was doing this to the girl and the this and he was tagging on the elevator and this and this and like damn he still got a job if they're tagging on the elevator that's that's and insane. Then, these ain't young kids these are older dudes that have been around for 30 years venus venus stewart it's hard it's Sometimes I could go I could go to zero to 60 real quick and I could just go into red zone and just kind of go off the handle sometimes. Mm -hmm. But you have to keep your composure. You know, when management tells me, oh, we need to work together. I kind of I don't say nothing because I just laugh because mm -hmm. it's just it's, it's hypocritical because mm -hmm. they don't come to us when they when they want to implement something they don't come to us when they want to do something they'll just fucking do it right mm -hmm. and then now when we do something when we file grievances on supervisors working they tell us oh can you can you can you just give us a heads up so we could talk to them and tell them you guys you can't do this blah 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 and then you're then i'm like why should i tell you when you don't tell us you know, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. You know, do do some members take advantage? Yes. But am I going to trust management all the time? No. My enemy isn't some knucklehead acting like a tonto. <laughs> My <laughs> enemy is the is the person that's sitting across from me that wants to terminate my m my wants to terminate the member, or wants to suspend the member, or wants to or ha or 
feel they have the right to talk to a member the way they choose to. And I'm in this in this instance, I'm talking about being you know harassment, disres- talk to him in a disrespectful tone or just being disrespectful, calling him, you know, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> management's called called members a lot of things in, throughout the years, you know, pieces of shit, whatever. So those are those are my enemies, you know. Mm-hmm. That's 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 my that's my enemy. They're always gonna be the enemy because mm-hmm. they're. I'm we're here to do the job. Let us do the job, and we'll be good. When you come over here, start. Oh, your production counts this. Uh, oh, I have to do a ride along because. Uh, you're all you're off uh, one minute or whatever it may be. It's just forms of intimidation, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I'm not gonna. I. I talk to management. You know, we ha- we have to communicate, but I don't see management as my friend. Nope. That's no. You 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 do your job. I do my job. If we could come to a middle ground, cool. If we can't come to the middle ground. Let the process play out. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, man, we're we we're at our limit. Well, we <laughs> can keep going. I'll, we can talk about out. stuff all day. Oh, well, we let's talk about OCTA maintenance. Oh yeah, they go were su- they were supposed to they're supposed to go on strike last week. Twelve oh one. I don't know the date for Monday. <laughs> they were supposed to go on strike. The governor stepped in and told both parties to go back to the negotiating table, and as of right now, they're they're still negotiating. The our local had a rally this past uh, Thursday at eight. It was a good turnout. But what I saw, there was members there. There was members of the community there. There was elected officials and candidates there as well, supporting OCTA maintenance workers and their uh, and their issues. And OCTA they don't bargain in good faith. What I've been told by some of the members that they don't they don't uh, bargain in good faith, and some of the issues that OCTA members want that I've read is uh, a, a higher wage increase, pension. So those are some things that that they want. So I don't know what's the timetable of the negotiating of the negotiate <coughs> negotiations. Excuse me. Uh, well, Jimenez is supposed to come on. Yeah, like I don't uh, know last if week, and uh, I didn't hear from him, but he was telling me, uh, you know, negotiations and all that. And then, yeah, he was supposed to come on last weekend, and then Sunday I saw him on the news. I was like, oh, well, he's well, he's he was busy. Well, yeah, he, he, there were there were, I'm sure they were negotiating around the clock and trying to get a d- deal done. But and it's not it's and I don't even blame the administration. It's the OCTA. OCTA won't bargain in good faith. They'll say, oh, what. What the uh, OCTA uh, bus operators got, that should be good enough for the OCTA maintenance guys. Look at inflation. Inflation's at 8.2. Mm-hmm. You give them a 5% raise, that's not going to cut it because inflation is Who is pays 8.2. the OCTA? Where do they get their money? Is that, they, is that taxpayer money? Taxpayer money. Also. That's why That's why the governor stepped in. Uh, Sunday, I think, uh, I don't know, I would say probably around 10, 30. Because at, at the 11 o'clock news, word breaking news came out that uh, Governor Newsom stepped in and ordered both both parties to go back to negotiating ca- tables. So I'm figuring some around, sometime around 10, he called both camps, OCTA and our local 
our local administration and told them, yeah, you guys got to go back to the table. And it, and he, they told, uh, I'm sure they, he, he told uh, our principal officer that no, you guys are not striking. You guys got to go back to the table. You know, so but right now, there's still negotiations that I understand. I don't know what's the timeline of the negotiations. I don't know if he there's like a if ten days from ten days from now there's no contract, there's no headway, then we're striking. I don't know any of that. But if the if uh, the administration, why are they being so so bullies for? Is it because of the that's the way the administration? OCTA is. Or they're that, always like that. That's the way OCTA is. They, but one of the members told me they've always been like that. They never bargain in good faith. And maybe. You know, maybe in the past, the OCTA and the union, that the, that administration probably said, okay, we're going to give you this, and the administration was probably, okay, they probably took it. And this administration said, no, it's not good enough. We need a little bit more. And they're like, no, we're not going to give you anymore. You know, sometimes changes, people don't want change, and they'll, they'll resist change, mm. you know? And OCTA probably is resisting that change. You know, there was <laughs> when he when the administration took office, there was change. You know, that was a change that some people, you know, were resistant. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would I would put myself in that category. But, you know, you still had to do the work for the members. And I think I, I did it. But, you know, OCTA is probably the, did the same thing. Mm hmm. You know, they're resisting, like, no, we're not going to give you, you know, you already got this for, for uh, OCTA bus operators. Should be good enough for the OCTA maintenance. Mm-hmm. And with inflation how it is, no, it's not. It's it's not. And they need to be, they need to give some money to the pension. Well, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, we'll, we will. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll stay updated. And once again, thank you for coming on the show. Yep, and yep. We'll, we'll get you on soon. We got to. This contract that's going to be going on. Oh, well, uh, next okay. next weekend, just to tell the listeners, all UPSers, Laguna, Anaheim, Twilight, Preload, Package, 22-4s, Cover, Utility, Feeder, we have two proposal meetings next weekend. One on the 29th, which is for part-timers. But it's, I think it's mostly going to be for part-timers, but it's going to be for part-timers and, and any package car drivers that could come and any uh, feeder drivers that could come. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have another one on the 30th, on Sunday, the following day, for package car drivers, 22 fours, because 22 fours work on Saturday. So 22 fours could come in and feeder guys could come in. And I'm encouraging all the members to go. You know, we did the survey, which is just a survey. You know, there's no proposal in it. It's just... What are your main issues? What are your main concerns? What do you want? But there's no actual proposals in it. There's no, like, we want air conditioning in all package cars. We want uh, air conditioning or some sort of ventilation in, all in the buildings. We want uh, guaranteed four hours for all part-timers. Any, any hours worked after the fourth hour or fifth hour, preferably fourth hour, which shall be paid at overtime. And no member shall, if a member wants to sign, like, a, like what a driver has a nine nine five list. If a driver, if a part timer wants to sign a, a five list, that they don't want to work over the five fifth hour, then they go home. Because right now Mondays for twelve Anaheim twilight, they're the low sides are staying past twelve. Damn, eight hours. Yeah, and they're starting up at four thirty. You know what I mean? So it's the unload. The unload. They're probably leaving around eleven. 
So everybody on Mondays, almost everybody's getting their six or more. For sure, they're six. So they're they're doing work. So we need to be at these proposal meetings. We need to tell them what we want. Like uh, three nine six, they're having their proposal meetings right now. One of the main feeder guys brought up that because they probably need feeder guys as we need feeder guys that part timers could go without any re uh, requirement of having to go into package. They could go just straight into feeder. Now they're going to take the class, of course, and if they fail, they fail. But at least you, at least part timers are. There's a different option, rather than just go to straight package for a full time. You go into feeder. You know, there's a lot of uh, mule shifters in, in Anaheim Twilight and probably in Anaheim Prelo as well, and same in Laguna, that they don't mind if they go. They kind of want to go into feeder. They already know how to operate it. Now they just have to take the class, pass the class, and then, you know, they're in, they're in feeder. So. That's one good pop, uh, proposal that could be brought up by mm -hmm. somebody. But we need to be at need these meetings. Be at meetings. Yeah, we need to be at these meetings. Well, next week I'll be there. I'll be there Sunday. And I'm going to do a podcast and, and, Saturday night. Yeah, and these meetings have nothing to do with administration. You know, these meetings are for, for the members. We, we This is our meetings. Now, this is, it just happens that, you know, there's, a, there's an administration in there, but that's so, so what? At this time, right now, so same with OCTA, there needs to be solidarity. Cause, come, come next year once they go into negotiations, uh, management, the corporation is going to be in solidarity with each other, all of them are, and we need to have that same mentality too, or not, you know, we're going to get run over. Yeah, we all we got to be there. Yeah, we do. We we gotta be there, and I'll be there Sunday. I'll probably end up doing. I usually do my podcast Sunday mornings, but I'll do uh, I'll do a podcast Saturday night with something, get something going. Yeah, let me know. But, uh, I'll jump on that motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be there Sunday morning to see what's going on and propose and something. Think yeah. about think about some something, something that drivers propose. want. Yeah, well, I can't propose a air condition. I, that's that's hard to get. What? Well, why not? You could propose it. Propose it. No, I'm gonna think about something. Because in the in the contract, they they talk about uh, ventilation. No, one one of the big thing is that we we're under contract where we're guaranteed eight, and so they send us out in the truck, and with the work, and then we get back and we're like five minutes short, and they and they say we're not guaranteed eight. We'd have to wait that five minutes or ten minutes or fifteen minutes, but then isn't that considered stealing time? And if you're just sitting there not doing nothing for that, that amount of time, you know, I one of the route one of the routes that I run, I get done, you know, I, I clock out at like five and I was guaranteed eight, so they would pay me my eight. But it came down from the top where they says, No, we're not guaranteed an eight anymore. So then I'm like, What? So I gotta sit out there for an extra thirty minutes because my, my truck's blown out. By the time I by the time I drive in and drive another truck out, I'm past my eight. You know, so you're you're telling me just sit here for 15, 20 minutes, maybe even 30 minutes and, and still time then to get guarantee my eight. It's in our contract. And that's one of the big issues that that I've had since I've, I've, I've had my my route for a couple of years, for a few years now. But just just happened maybe the last year. There's no more gear. They're not guaranteeing us our eight. So fools are just sitting there for like five minutes. I go, well, you're technically stealing time then. Because if they're not guaranteeing your eight and you want your eight. And you're gonna sit there for five minutes. You're still in time now. 
But if the contract stipulates that you get your guaranteed eight, you get your guaranteed eight. It's not like a part-timer. If a part-timer, like this is one thing that they used to say when a part-timer shows up late, they'll say, oh, you showed up late, so you're not guaranteed your three and a half. Or you show up late, so you forfeit your seniority. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you're still guaranteed your, your three and a half. Now they have to find you work. Same thing with you. They have to find you work. Mm. But it's stealing time. It's like the company steals labor. <laughs> they mm. steal wealth from us. So there's the stealing time is just it's just some uh, fugazi, some like make-believe stuff. Yeah, I'll think of a proposal for sure. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Where are you going to go, Saturday or Sunday? Saturday, because that's for the part-time. But I'll try to see if I could go Sunday. Stop in for a little bit, hear, hear what I hear. See, hear what some of the 24s, some of the drivers, hopefully some of the feeder guys go. I think feeder guys will go. And hear what they have to say as well. All right. But we, ha- we all have to we all have to hear. We all have to make our voices heard at that meeting. We all have to... S- have a, some sort of not gripes. I want. I don't want something basic. I want something to make sure that our pensions protected, or yeah, you know, it, it's not going to be something easy. Oh, I wish we could. They give us free ice, you know, or something. We already no, we shouldn't. Ice, we shouldn't go in there I griping. I want, yeah, I want. I want. I'm not going to be we petty. Talk, I proposals. want something that's yeah. We a, need proposals. A big proposal. We don't like. Oh, I don't like how the manager. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, talk I want to a me. big proposal. No, that's 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 a fucking grievance. You know, you you you'll bring it up to your steward and let the steward investigate. Okay, how is this guy talk? How is he or she talking to you? You know, then you let that process play out. But it shouldn't be a gripe festival. You shouldn't go in there griping and complaining. If you're going to complain, at least put that complaint into th- into thought and paper and hand to hand to pen and pen to paper. Let's you know? do it. Yeah, we will. All right, folks, uh, you heard them. People that listen to the show uh, that are 952 members. Next UPS Saturday, driver, Sunday. Next show Saturday, up, Sunday. I'll be nine, there. 9 a.m. to 12 at, to, to noon. Damn, nine three hours? Noon. Hey, fuck it. Three hours for a five-year contract? I th- I think th- I think that those three hours outweigh. Yeah, well, outweigh. I'll, be there. well I'll be there Sunday. You'll be there Saturday, so we'll link yeah. up again too, man. Yes. Once again, I want to thank all my listeners from around the world that tune in to the Raider and the Saint. Thank you guys so much. I love you. I'll see you next week. All right, be good. Peace.